This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never Podcast! Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me, as ever, is the main man himself, Dave Stagman Roberts. Hi Dave, how are you? Hello, I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> what a way to start the show. We're putting his teeth in already. This is not going to go well. It's not going to go well. Um, it's been a bit of a down down week, young Dave, isn't it? Have you uh, had a chance to check out the fan special, our bit of a group hog therapy special that we did this week? Yes, I listened to that. That was, as you say, a little bit of a, a group therapy session that... Uh... Help slightly, I think, listening through uh, that. I recommend anyone who's not listened to that yet to uh, to go back and listen to it. Yeah, definitely. It was quite good, actually, to get together with a group of fans. And there was some comfort in us all feeling the same way. Because I think sometimes you do worry. And, you know, when you get a bit emotive after a game and you get a bit stressed about stuff, there is always the worry that, you know, am I a lone voice on this? Am I thinking, overthinking this? Am I way out of line? And when you get a group of fans together from lots of different backgrounds and people who don't normally mingle in the same social circles, it's quite reassuring when you've all got the same concerns to think, okay, well, we're all on the same page here, but okay, what, you know, what's the, let's get our heads together. What, what's the solution and what do we do about it? And I've got to say, I definitely felt better. Um, I, I'm sorry to say that I, I don't see us getting out of this, this season. I still am a little bit concerned well, you know what? We have a long way to go. You never know. We only need to stay up by one goal, don't we, Dave? So A couple of home uh, wins in the next two games would uh, make a, a huge difference. Yeah, they are absolutely necessary, though. That's that's the problem. We've got to start getting some of these draws into wins. And I do, that Newcastle loss was, was pretty catastrophic, really. So we've just got to be very careful. Um, but as we always say, Dave, the beauty of football is that your disappointments run short-lived because there's always the next game. There's always the next season. There's always the next something around the corner. We are, of course, here for a brand new preview show, looking ahead to the Claret's next fixture. But before we do that, we, of course, need to reveal the answer to the last quiz question, everybody's favourite section of the show, I'm sure. So, 
before the West, um, sorry, no, before the Newcastle preview, we asked you the following question, which was, so far, only four Burnley players have failed to convert penalties, which is one each in competitive matches since Sean Dash became manager. But can you name all four players? And for a little bit of a twist, Dave threw in a bonus question in there, just for fun, not for brags, for fun. Can you also tell us how many consecutive penalties Burnley have scored in all competitions since the last time we missed one? Dave, what were the answers to these, please? Well, after a flurry of games in late November and the start of December, at least there was a full week between preview shows to allow you to send in your answers. Uh, So I can now reveal that the names of the four Burnley players who have missed penalties since Sean Dyche took over as manager were uh, Danny Ings. He uh, he missed a penalty home match against Millwall. That was February 2014, just on the stroke of half-time. Um, and that, that was probably the most difficult one to get. I think people struggled more with that one. Uh, and then the others were uh, Scott Arfield, missed one later that year. That was at Crystal Palace, September 2014. Match was 0-0. We got a penalty late on, and Scott Arfield's penalty was saved by Julian Spironi. Uh, and the other two, the one that was kind of half given away, I think, in the uh, in the previous show when we, when we set the question, was uh, Matt Taylor's... Uh, uh, missed penalty, hit the uh, inside the post and rebounded away. That was against Leicester City at Turf Moor, a pivotal game, as you uh, rightly pointed out. Um, and then the other one, the most recent one, the last time we missed a penalty, was actually going back to February 2016. That was um, at Reading. Um, and it was Andre Gray that missed the penalty. And it was a wow. controversial one because they were scuffing up the... Uh, penalty spot before oh, he uh, he took it so yes that was a that was the last one that we missed so they were the the four answers they were good answers I honestly don't think I'd realized just how obvious I'd made it until you pointed it out when we were chatting I did. to yeah John Robertson <laughs> and his VIP channel this week and I was like did I did I give that away and I was like trying to rack my brain thinking I'm sure I didn't guess while we were still on air and I was like oh yeah no maybe I didn't have a bit obvious um so we we kind of gave our listeners at least one of these, Dave. Did we have anybody who got all four right? Uh, we had a few this time, yeah, surprisingly. Um, Adam Dennett got in touch. He had all four names, although he admitted to guessing Danny Ings, uh, and the same applied to John Robertson. He definitely knew the other three, and he had a guess at Ings for the fourth one. Um, and also on Twitter, there was a trio of correct answers from uh, Joe Pattison, Mikey Watson, and also Brody Robinson. However, no one guessed the second part of the question. Uh, there did seem to be a reluctance, I think, to make a guess, although the nearest we got was regular quizzer Jan, who thought it was 18. Uh, in fact, uh, our run of consecutive penalties scored currently stands at a very impressive 22. And I know what you're thinking. Who would have believed that Burnley had been awarded 22 penalties since 2016? Yeah. Also, also for anyone who's interested, Burnley have been awarded 40 penalties in just over uh, 400 matches since Sean Dyche took over as manager, and we've missed four of them. Excellent, excellent stuff. Well, you... Don't need to wait very much longer, listeners, for a new quiz question. You just need to wait till the end of the show. Um, don't go anywhere. We will leave you at the end of this episode with this next question for you. Premier League, head to head. 
But in the meantime, Dave, we're going to crack on with our preview of this weekend's fixture. It is, of course, West Ham United at home, Sunday the 12th of December, a 2pm kickoff, albeit not televised in the UK. The revised time, of course, being West Ham's participation in the Europa League this week. So why don't you kick us off, Dave, with letting us know what um, the first, well, the history of this fixture is, please, with, firstly, the Premier League meetings. Yeah, well, Burnley have faced the Hammers in all of our previous seven Premier League campaigns. Uh, During that time, in the matches played at Turf Moor, we've managed three wins, but there have also been three defeats and just the one draw. Uh, We started off with a win, that was in February 2010, uh, which was our only Premier League win in 22 attempts in between victories against Hull City at home, on the 31st of October 2009, when Owen Coyle was still manager, and the return match at the KC Stadium on the 10th of April 2010. Yes, it really was that bad that season. Uh, Proving again that we can beat West Ham at home even during a barren run, we also won the match that took place at the end of December 2018, with Burnley going into the match on just 12 points at the halfway point of the season following a heavy home defeat to Everton on Boxing Day, and we'll look at this match in more detail very soon. Our other win was an emphatic 3-0 victory. That was in November 2019, with goals from Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood, plus a third which came from an Ashley Westwood corner, but was credited as a Roberto Jimenez own goal. Uh, The only draw was a 1-1 scoreline. That was in October 2017, which leaves the three defeats. Uh, We lost 3-1 in October 2014 and then 2-1 in the last match of the 2016-17 season, although we had already guaranteed our safety before kickoff. That just leaves a corresponding fixture from last season, and although Chris Wood gave us the lead in the 19th minute, the visitors uh, went 2-1 up uh, just 10 minutes later as Mikel Antonio netted a quick-fire brace. Good stuff. Memory match! Um, what have you picked then for our memory match? Uh, yeah, well, we mentioned this match briefly in the previous section, but Burnley's win over West Ham just under three years ago, that was on the 30th of December 2018, provided a huge confidence boost for Burnley's season and laid the foundations for an impressive second half of the campaign after we'd struggled in the games up to and including Boxing Day. Uh, We were fortunate in some ways that we had another home game to follow up the debacle that was the 5-1 defeat to Everton on Boxing Day, but the performance was hardly recognisable from the meagre Christmas leftovers we'd been served with at Turf Moor just four days earlier. Joe Hart was replaced in the starting lineup by Tom Heaton, who, surprisingly, was making his first Premier League start since he was injured in the match against Crystal Palace over a year before that in September 2017. Uh, And Dwight McNeil was also entrusted with a starting place, which I think pretty much is kept um, ever since. Uh, Both players played their part in a much-improved performance. Uh, We started on the front foot and took the lead on 15 minutes after Ashley Westwood's forward pass was headed down by Ashley Barnes for Chris Wood to fire in the opener. And we doubled our lead on 34 minutes after Ashley Westwood played the ball from the right of the box towards the far post for Dwight McNeil to slide in and send his shot into the back of the net. Uh, The score remained that way, thanks to a few good saves from Tom Heaton, and Burnley were very worthy 2-0 winners against a very average West Ham side. Uh, Interestingly, when Sean Dyche was interviewed by the BBC after the match, the reporter remarked that after the final whistle, he heard a Burnley supporter say, That was brilliant. We've got our Burnley back today. They weren't wrong. 
they were not wrong indeed. On this day! Um, what about previous years on this day? What's been going on historically? Yes, we've delved back through history and looked at the games Burnley have played on the 12th of December. And in actual fact, we've won uh, nine out of the previous 21 matches on that date. Uh, we're starting way back in 1891 um, and a 3-0 win in the East Lancashire Derby in a remarkable match at Turf Moor. Uh, Burnley led uh, Rovers 3-0 at half-time. When a fight broke out on the pitch early in the second half, the referee, Charles Clegg, sent off Rovers player Joe Lofthouse and Burnley captain Alex Stewart. With snow falling heavily, the remaining Rovers players, apart from goalkeeper Herbie Arthur, decided they'd had enough and walked off the pitch en masse. The referee called an end to proceedings, uh, although the result was later allowed to stand. Uh, three years later, in 1894, we managed a second victory. That was 2-0 away at Derby County, but the next four games on this date were all defeats, followed by a 1-1 draw at Barnsley in 1936. After the Second World War, we enjoyed a trio of away wins on December 12th in 1953 at Wolves, at Arsenal in 1959 when Burnley came back from being behind at half-time with a second-half hat-trick from John Connelly, and at Blackpool in 1964 with Andy Lockhead netting a hat-trick. Uh, there was a 0-0 draw at Stoke in 1970, and in 1973, Burnley won 3-2 at Norwich to reach the final of the Texaco Cup with a 5-2 victory on aggregate. Uh, although we lost 1-0 at home to Oldham on the 12th of December 1978, this was the second leg of the Anglo-Scottish Cup final. And as Burnley had already won the away leg 4-1, it meant we still won on aggregate, and so Claret's captain Peter Noble lifted the trophy to bring some silverware to Turf Moor. Our two games in the 1980s were both home draws, 0-0 against Hereford in 1987 and 1-1 against Scunthorpe in 1989. In 1990, we knocked Stoke City out of the FA Cup with a 2-0 home win. And in 1992, there was another 2-0 home win as we beat Leighton Orient. Uh, we then suffered a heavy 4-0 defeat at Fulham in 1998, and that was followed by two draws. 1-1 against Fulham at Turf Moor in a Premier League match in late 2009, and then a goalless draw at QPR in the Championship in 2015. Our most recent match on December 12th was a 1-0 home win. That was over Stoke City again uh, at Turf Moor, which lifted us to fourth place in the Premier League, thanks to a late winner from substitute Ashley Barnes. I remember us all being proud of that. Very proud. Extremely proud, you might say. <laughs> so to summarise, our overall record for the 12th of December is played 21, won 9, drawn 6 and lost 6 with 30 goals for and 28 against. Good stuff. Very proud, Dave. Club Connection! Um, what about the Club Connection section, then? We've been bringing this section um, where we look at the players who spent time at both clubs and usually picking one out to, to highlight um, in particular. So who are you going to remind us about this week, young Dave? Uh, well, actually, I've got a confession to make. I forgot to post a poll or to post a list on our socials. And when I look back through the list of players who've represented both Burnley and West Ham, there were some memorable names, don't get me wrong, although there weren't many that you strongly associated with West Ham. So if you'll allow me this time, I'm going to just provide a whistle-stop run through all the players on this occasion. I, uh, I admit that. Go ahead. 
Okay. Uh, well, the full list of 15 players who've played for both clubs since the Second World War is as follows. Uh, there was one from the 1940s and 50s, and that was uh, Reg Atwell. Uh, a couple from the 1980s, uh, namely Joe Gallagher and Alan Taylor, uh, with the rest all playing for Burnley from the late 1990s onwards. They were Tony Parks, Mitchell Thomas, Ian Wright, Ian Moore, Luke Chadwick, John Harley, David Unsworth, Tyrone Mears, Zavon Hines, Junior Stanislas, Matt Taylor, and most recently of all, Joe Hart. Good stuff. There's some names in there, some blasts from the past. I'd, uh, I used to really like John Harley. John Harley was quite a glamorous player for us, don't you think? Like, we weren't used to Chelsea players. And, uh, do you know what I mean? We were used to like the, the nitty-gritty Anyway, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, well he was a great player. Yeah, I was. I, I really liked him, but he was just. Mm. It was. It was quite a step up for us. I remember at the time, it was quite a glamorous player and one that we weren't used to. It always sticks in my mind for that. Um, well, hopefully, normal service will be resumed in this section for our next preview show, which will be, of course, the home game against Watford. But that does bring us to the end of the first half of our preview. And after co- covering off some of the history surrounding this fixture, it is now time to return to the present for the second half starting with our scouting report. Scouting report! Yes, David Moyes was appointed as West Ham United manager in November 2017, taking on the role until the end of that season. After guiding them to safety, his contract wasn't renewed, but he made a surprise return to the club in December 2019 to take over from Manuel Pellegrini, with the club once again on the brink of the relegation places. He kept them up in 2019-20 and improved on that last season as the Hammers finished sixth and qualified to play in the Europa League. Uh, In the summer transfer window, they made two big money signings, namely central defender Kurt Zuma from Chelsea for a reported £31.5 as well as an attacking midfielder Nikola Vlasic from CSK Moscow for £27 They also brought in 31-year-old central defender Craig Dawson from Watford for around £2 million and a couple of loan signings who were defensive, midfield, defensive midfielder Alex Kral and goalkeeper Alphonse Ariola, who had previously been on loan at Fulham from parent club Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, for most of last season and the majority of this season today, Moyes has used a 4-2-3-1 formation. Having said that, in their most recent game at home to Chelsea, they tried out a back three in a 3-4-3 formation, and that paid dividends as they beat their London rivals 3-2. Uh, As there's now some uncertainty over the formation they're likely to use at Turf Moor, I'm not going to spend too long focusing on that, but we'll instead pick out some of West Ham's key players so far this season, once we've taken a look at their injury situation. Um, Aaron Cresswell has been out with a back injury, but may be available again, although Benjamin Johnson, Kurt Zuma, Ryan Fredericks and Angelo Ogbonna all look likely to miss out. It's also been a bit of a lottery recently with players testing positive for COVID in the lead-up to matches. But this seems to be something that could affect any team, although some, like Spurs, have been affected more than others. And obviously their game at the weekend has now uh, now been uh, postponed, hasn't it? Um, Sunday's visitors have been impressive going forward so far this season, scoring 28 goals compared with Burnley's tally of 14. Uh, Mikhail Antonio is their top scorer with six already but he's had plenty of support from the likes of Pablo Fornals with four, uh, Said Benrahma and Jared Bowen with three goals each. Uh, defensively, they've conceded 19 compared to the 21 Burnley have let him. Excellent. I hadn't seen that today. I've been a little bit behind at the moment with the um, news. So 
I um I hadn't realised that the Spurs game had been postponed. I mean, I think I think under the circumstances of exactly what they're having to deal with at the moment, that does make sense. But Spurs are going to be in a weird thing. They've had our game postponed and now another one as well. And they've got a horrible, horrible fixture congestion already. They so have. yeah, you've got a feel from the moment. But I think, you know, it's not just one or two players. And I hear rather they've got ten confirmed cases. That's, uh, um, I, think, I think it might have been eight players and, and one from the staff as well. I think it might have been more than that. It might have been 13, but it's, uh, yeah, big big problem down there. Yeah, yeah, I think that is absolutely 100% the right decision for them. So um, hopefully they'll uh, those people aren't too poorly and they get back on their feet. Um, now, you've listened to what we think about our visitors this weekend, but for balance, we also have the thoughts of Brawley from the West Ham Way USA podcast to provide some further insight in our opposition view. Opposition View. What's going on, Burnley fans? My name is Brawley Darbin, and I am from the West Ham Way USA podcast. We uh, typically record on a bi-weekly basis, so um, if you want to check us out, we're available on all major platforms. We do give a small Burnley preview at the end of our podcast this week as well, so if you want, go ahead and check that out. But as for the pre-match, uh, I guess preview you would call it, I think West Ham and and really good form coming off of a win against Chelsea. Burnley, uh, probably the opposite, coming in against uh, Newcastle and giving them their first win of the season. I was really hoping that you guys would actually beat them because I I didn't want Burnley to be coming in playing angry and playing uh, with their tails up. And I think think Sean Dyche will have them uh, raring to go for that game. So you guys will be well up for it. As far as uh, a lineup and what I think we're going to put out there against Burnley. It's really tough because we are dealing with uh, a bunch of injuries right now. So against Chelsea, uh, we had Kurt Zuma and Ben Johnson go off injured, which uh, Kurt Zuma has been uh, one of our, our, well, our best signing of the season. And then he's been our best center back. Um, so we now have our first pairing center backs injured uh, in Ogbonna and Zuma, um, so that that's good for Burnley. Uh, we only have two fit senior center backs at the club right now with uh, the injuries, so um, we're struggling in that department. So uh, lineup, I'm going to go Fabianski and goal uh, across the back four. Now Cresswell's fit again, um, which he's also – so Aaron Cresswell, our left back, has been out injured. Um, I, we think he'll be just about ready to go for Burnley, so I'm going to throw him in there. So I'll go – uh, Cresswell, uh, Craig Dawson, Issa Diop across the center of defense, and then at right or sorry at um, right back we'll go with uh, Vladimir Sofal, and then in the midfields we're gonna have our standard pairing of Rice and Suchek, uh, one of the best holding midfield duos in the league I would argue, and then uh, up front we're gonna have a combination of Manuel Lanzini, Jared Bowen, Pablo Fornals. Uh, and then up front on his own will be Mikael Antonio. Now, um, Lanzini hasn't been playing much uh, uh, leading up to this point. Uh, the last game against Chelsea was the first game he started in a while. So um, it's a bit harsh to drop Ben Rama, but um, I, I think that's the right thing to do, Lanzini over Ben Rama right now. Um, as for a score result, I, I, like I said earlier, I, I do think this is a bit of a trap game for West Ham because... I think Burnley are going to be playing angry, and Sean Dyche will have the guys raring to go. So I think um, it's we, we got to be careful not to fall into that trap. So I'm, I'm going to go for a 2-1 West Ham win. Um, 
I, I think that that would be a fair result. I believe the last time we played you guys, uh, I think it was May of last year, it was a 2-1 win for West Ham as well. That was at home at the London Stadium. Uh, but I believe Chris Wood scored first and Antonio scored two, if memory serves me right, and we ended up winning. So I'm going for a similar result there. Uh, I actually just got back from a, a trip from America over there. I was at the Genk uh, Europa League game midweek in Belgium. And then I was able to stay in CS beat Liverpool 3-2. Um, so that that was fantastic and a uh, great experience I'll never forget. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, for As far as the Burnley game goes, I'm going to go with the West Ham win. And um, Burnley fans, I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but uh, I, I do think we're, on paper our squad should be should be beating beating Burnley, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I'll go for a win. And, uh, guys, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said at the at the beginning, if you want to listen to my show, it's called the West Ham Way USA Podcast. We're on all major podcast uh, networks. So, um, again, thanks for having me. And come on, you irons. Orkley-Dorkley. Dave, who's the referee? Who's going to be sorting us all out? Well, Sunday will be the 20th time that 53-year-old Graham Scott of Abingdon has taken charge of a Burnley game. Uh, that's going back to 2011. Uh, there have been seven matches in the Championship, three FA Cup ties and nine Premier League games prior to this weekend. Uh, the Clarets have eight wins, three draws and eight defeats overall. Nice and symmetrical. Uh, but for <laughs> Premier League games, our record is four wins, two draws and two defeats. However, those defeats came in matches played earlier in this calendar year, which were the 2-0 away defeat at Chelsea in January and the 4-0 home reverse against Leeds United in May. Uh, there have been three red cards in his previous Burnley matches, all to opposition players. Way back in 2011, uh, he sent off Coventry City's Gail Bagirimana in Burnley's 2-1 away win. He also sent off Everton's Seamus Coleman at Turf Moor in a 1-0 home win in October 2019. In December 2020, he sent off Arsenal's Granite Xhaka in Burnley's 1-0 away win at the Emirates. Uh, you may remember also that he was the man in charge when non-league Lincoln knocked us out of the FA Cup in the fifth round in 2017. Uh, 51-year-old John Moss of Leeds has been appointed as the video assistant referee for this Sunday. Good stuff. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Uh, well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you please delve deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Yeah, well, this week's stat is relatively short and sweet for a Ooh. change. Uh, since reaching the Premier League in 2009, Burnley has scored more goals in top-flight games home and away against West Ham United than any other team. The top three are third Crystal Palace with 17, uh, we scored 18 against Bournemouth and we scored 20 against West Ham United. Uh, in addition, Chris Wood has also scored seven of those 20 goals against the Hammers although Mikhail Antonio has scored four of West Ham's 21 goals against us during the same period. Yeah, that is an interesting stat. I do like stat of the week. I think that might... I say this every time, and I think each week I tend to change my mind as to which one this is, but I think this week's stat of the week might be my favourite section. Um, how are you feeling about the game at the weekend? Probably not the fixture that we wanted directly after losing against Newcastle, was it? 
no, not really. Obviously, uh, West Ham have had a really good start to the season. They're you know one of the form sides up towards the top, and it's not even like they've been sort of to Russia in midweek. They've got a home game. They've played a very uh, young side, a very young and inexperienced side. Uh, they did lose one nil. They're they already qualified from the uh, from the group. Um, but it's not a game that will really affect them too much, the fact that they've had uh, a midweek game. So um, they'll, the majority of the players who will play on Sunday will be fairly well rested ahead of the uh, the match. So, yeah, it's going to be tough from in that respect. Although, as we've mentioned already in the in the past, we've had uh, a couple of good results against West Ham where we've you know needed results and uh, and got good results against them. So maybe that will work as a an omen in our favour and we'll regroup and, and get a positive performance and hopefully a good result after the disappointment against Newcastle United. Yeah, definitely. Um, could you see us winning, Dave? Are you going to predict a win? Um, it's one of those where heart says 1-0 win, head says probably 1-1 draw. So I'm, I'm going to go with reality and say 1-1 draw. That's your that's your losing face is one one draw. <laughs> oh God, Dave, what am I going to predict? I'm feeling I'm on a bit of a downer at the moment. My people who I interact with on Twitter and regular listeners know I'm on a bit of a downer at the moment about the Clarets. I'm really struggling to find the momentum to say that we can pull a win. Oh Lord, can we get a draw? Yes, we can get a draw. I'm going to say nil nil. No, I'm not going to say nil nil because there's no way that they're not going to score two two. 2-2 and I think it's a Desmond a Desmond and I think this I think Maxwell Corner will score the foot no Ben Meheader with the opening one from a corner of course and an absolute screamer from Corner is going to be back and firing assuming he's playing he's going to play I'm feeling confident he's going to play and he's going to smash it from about 100 yards out and he's going to hit it in the back of the net what's your score prediction oh you said your score who do you think is going to you said 1-1 didn't you so who's going to score our goal um, ooh, Chris Wood penalty. Shut up, Win. Okay, we're going to get a point. And now I know I'm in dreamland. We're going to get a point at home to West Ham, and we're going to get a penalty. Dave, what is this magic potion you've been drinking? Um, well, listeners, do let us know what you think the result will be, please. We want score predictions from you. We want um, goal scorers score and how they scored. Please, you know how to get in touch. You can tweet us at No Never. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page or you can tweet us. No, you can't. You can email us, sorry, at previewshow at noneandever.net. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, second half, Dave. We need to look at da, 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 the highly coveted No Never Fantasy Premier League. We have now completed game weeks 14 and 15. So I believe we can start looking at the movers and shakers, please. Uh, we can. And this week, for a change, I'm going to start with uh, the news of the race to be November's manager of the month, uh, as this was settled following the midweek round of matches for game week 14. It was. Uh, and the top three were, in reverse order, in third place, we had Sean Retty on 287 points for November. Uh, Chris Horner was in second place with 293. And Brody Robinson is our latest manager of the month, just pipping Chris Horner by two points on the 295. Congratulations to Brody. Indeed. Congratulations, Brody. Can you please drop us a line, please, at any of the aforementioned methods? Uh, we will try and contact you on Twitter as well. We want your address, please, because you are a winner of the 
just very high in demand, known and never sticker as your prize for the manager of the month. So please send us your contact details and we will get that out in the post to you. Um, now, we've now had two of the completed game weeks, Dave. So as well as the manager of the month, what else has been going on? Uh, well, yeah, we've finished 14 and 15, both those game weeks now, and we're going to let you know uh, the top 10. We're not going to say what it was, 14 separately and then 15. We're just going to go straight to 15, see where we're up to currently, and give you a top 10 rundown. And we have got, uh, in 10th place, down to 10th, is uh, Tall Paul. We've got Deck Clark down to 9th. Uh, up to eighth is uh, the third place for November uh, manager, uh, Sean Retty, up to eighth overall now. Uh, Jaden Fitton is up to seventh. Uh, Brody Robinson, who was our November manager of the month winner, is in sixth place. Uh, we had Jacob Sapwell, a non-mover, in fifth place. David Pounder is up to fourth. Jack Tone is a non-mover in third. Luke Lambert is a non-mover in second and a non-mover at the top, although with a 22-point lead on 1,044 points, is Joe Elliott. Good stuff. Well done to all those managers. Where are we now next to? So now, is that is that all of them? Do we need to go... Is that the two top tens? Have we got another top, two top tens? I'm trying to see this. No, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, not, I'm not doing the top ten in between, and, and ah, this, right, this is just okay. what it is now after, after game week 15. Excellent. I like that. I was trying to look through our little script there and say, I feel like there should be a second top ten there. Well, that's good. Um, what about uh, the podcasters' mini league since our last update? How are we all doing? Uh, well, there's been no movement. Uh, the fivers remain as we were, although you, Natalie, you're still in the wooden spoon position in that mini-league. Your Dingle Bells team is, however, in 236th position, relatively, relatively steady, I think, um, out of 325 in the main no Never ever league. And if it's any consolation, your team is almost exactly halfway, uh, roughly four and a half million out of just over 8.75 million teams in the entire world that enter the uh, the FBL. Um, you also beat the average score of 58 points in game week 14. You got 61. And the 45 points you scored in game week 15 was two more than the average of 43. Uh, Adam Dennett remains the leader of our mini league and continues to stretch his lead to over 100 points ahead of my Burnley stats team in second place. See, I'm smashing it. I'm doing really well this season. I'm really pleased with my improvement. From I did promise you I was going to get better this season, Dave, and I have. I might not be flying high, but I am doing. I am doing better. You promised me you were going to beat me. There's still time. <laughs> There's still time. I'm sure of it. Um, what about the two teams of the week then, please? Since the last update. Right. Yes, we always like to keep up with the uh, teams of the week, and here are the best performing players. First of all, for game week fourteen. We had uh, a team in a 4-5-1 formation. We had uh, Melier of Leeds in goal. We had his teammate, uh, Cooper, in defence. And the remaining three defenders were uh, Regulon, Bednarek and uh, Charlie Taylor was in there as well. He scored nine points in game week 14. Uh, midfield five were a pair of Liverpool players, first of all. Uh, Mo Salah has been there quite a few weeks. Um, Jordan Henderson also, and then the remaining three in midfield were Mount Madison and Bernardo Silva, and up front on his own was Cristiano Ronaldo, and that was game week 14. Uh, and then moving on for game week 15, we had this time in a 5-4-1 formation, 
We had uh, a Newcastle player uh, in goal, uh, Dubravka. We had our defensive uh, five were Concert of Aston Villa, uh, Davis and Sanchez of Spurs, uh, Tierney of Arsenal and Shaw, another Newcastle player in defence. And a midfield four of Bernardo Silva again, Mason Mount again, um, son of Tottenham and Man United's Fred in midfield. And the lone striker in that formation was um, Neil Malpe of uh, Brighton Hove Albion. Good stuff. Well, we are currently planning to record our next preview show for the midweek match against Watford on Sunday after the game again, Dave, I think. Yes. Um, but again, we're in a little bit of a funny time period. We do this every year. Um, as the FPL don't update all of their tables right away, we'll probably have to carry over the week 16 updates to our Villa preview show, which should be available next Friday. So what we'll probably do is just have a little break from FPL for that Watford preview show. Um have we covered everything for the FPL? Have I missed anything? No, I think that was everything. That was everything. Good stuff. I always I always like to double check because um, I get excited and want to move on to the quiz question too quickly. Statman Dave's quiz question. And indeed, here it is. This week's quiz question. Dave, what have you decided to set our listeners this time? Uh, well, this time it is related to the uh, the match that's coming up. Our quiz question is related to the club connection section. Uh, and what we want to know is... Can you name the two players who have played for Burnley and West Ham who have scored goals against Burnley for the Hammers since the year 2000, either at home or away? Ooh, tricky one. Well, I'm going to submit my answer straight after this recording, but how do our listeners get in touch, please, Dave? Uh, you can get in touch with us to let us know the answer using any of these methods. You can either tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. You can send an email to previewshow at nonenever.net or you can also reply to the post this preview show on either the Never Facebook page or on YouTube. Indeed. Well, you're going to need to be very quick sending in your answers this time because we're going to have a very quick turnaround between recording this episode in time to get it out to you on Friday. And then, of course, we're planning to record the Watford preview on Sunday evening. So, John Robertson, don't be trying to send answers after we've already recorded because we're not going to accept it. Um, But we will, of course, reveal the correct answer at the start of the next episode. So do send them in. We'll get on Twitter as well. That'd be quite nice. We'll, We'll put it out on Twitter, give you a bit of a chance of a bit of a prompt. Um, so before we let our listeners go, Dave, do we have any community news or anything else that we want to share with them? Yeah, a, a packed uh, community section there today. Uh, one point to flag up in advance, which won't directly affect Sunday's game, but is worth uh, bearing in mind for the following match against Watford on Wednesday and also for subsequent matches, uh, is the new requirement for proof of COVID status to be provided uh, to be admitted to Turf Moor without getting into the rights or wrongs of the policy, which is a government directive, which the Premier League and its member clubs are required to follow. Um, it'd be worthwhile to try and arrive at Turf Moor in plenty of time as extra checks are likely to make the lead up to kickoff more difficult than usual. Uh, many Burnley fans have already complained about missing the kickoff for home games this season due to delays at the turnstiles and the changes which are detailed on the Burnley FC website are only likely to increase uh, the delays. Um, also, uh, the Burnley FC and the community food bank collections will once again be positioned outside the ground between 12.30 and 1.40 on Sunday afternoon, with collection points near the Burnley FC club shop, 
by the cricket field entrance and also by the way supporters entrance. If you're able to make a donation, it would be very gratefully accepted. And they are asking for, with it being Christmas, um, as well as the usual items, uh, long life food, such as tinned items, tea, coffee, toiletries, etc. Also asking for any donations of selection boxes, advent calendars or confectionery. So if you're able to contribute any of those, I'm sure they'll be very gratefully accepted. Uh, and finally, a reminder that the No Nay Never book, um, which young George Poole interviewed author Michael Hodkinson, is still available and is a perfect last minute Christmas gift. Uh, that's available direct from Legends Publishing or from Amazon. Excellent news. Good roundup summary there, Dave. Well, I think that is all we have time for. Um, my thanks as ever go to everybody who's contributed to the making of this podcast, to Brawley from the West Ham Away USA podcast for his opposition view, Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to producer Matt, who is, we have to give a quick shout out to producer Matt this week because he is so unbelievably busy with work at the moment and I he's juggling so many things and producing two podcasts a week for us and getting it out there as well as all sorts of things going on and I don't know how he's doing it I think he's got a, a time turner I think that the poor guy's run off his feet so a quick shout out of appreciation to producer Matt for basically getting these out on time despite everything he's got on it's uh it's hugely appreciated matt thank you um my final thanks obviously to dave who puts in an extraordinary amount of work in producing these stats for the preview show and the speed in which he turns them around at this time of year when we've got a fixture congestion is particularly impressive um last but by no means least my thanks go to you the listener for taking time to download and listen to this episode your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you the rest of the team will be back on tuesday with actually i wonder what we'll do next week i don't yet know what our plans are for west ham and watford we might combine the two we might put one out we'll see what happens but keep an eye on social media next week and we'll let you know when the analysis show will be out um, Dave and I will be back midweek with that preview show against Watford and of course next Friday for the Villa, did you say it was? Villa after yes. that uh, preview show as well so you are going to be sick to the back teeth of us in the next week listeners because we have got lots for you so do keep in touch. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast, until next time Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.